Hello and welcome once again to Radio Split Ranch, a monthly visit with the Capital Region's great radio personalities of the past and sometimes present. I'm Warren Garling when I'm not on the radio. Please give a big round of applause to the creator of our opening theme music, singer, songwriter, and fun night out, Drew Jacobs. Now by a fun night out, I mean you can catch Drew in concert again very soon. Saturday, September 17th, he'll be part of Bronco Brad's Dang Tootin' Good Time at Torn Space, I'm sorry, at Dorn Space on Main Street in Gloversville. It, it just cracks me up. Just thinking about seeing Drew in concert makes me fun, uh, you know, laugh and it makes me feel funny. Um, the show starts at 7, so you can still get to bed on time. As always, you can find all the details at Drew's website, drewjacobs.com. If you're a regular visitor here at the Radio Split Ranch, you know that without exception, our guests say they've had a lot of fun working in the business. And if there's a side benefit that presents itself on occasion, it's that it can lead to a career on television. That's probably how you know this month's guest. Let's find out how he managed to make that transition as we spend some time with veteran broadcaster Jack Arnicky. How many people tell you, I grew up watching you on TV? The older they are, the less I like to hear it. But <laughs> yeah, a fair number of people do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're one of the few folks we've spoken to in our first year of, of doing this, uh, this these interviews that have had some TV background as well as, as radio, mm-hmm. but it did start in, in radio. Back then, that was kind of the norm. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. And, yeah. and 10, 15 years before I started, the norm was start a newspaper. And then go into radio. That's right. You, know, yeah. you learn your journalism in radio in newspaper, and then you right. go to radio. And right. I learned my broadcasting in radio, and then eventually evolved into into television. Gotcha. And, and it was easy to easier to do because it was a combined operation. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. At the time. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's go back um, to the uh, young uh, Jack Arnicky who. All of a sudden, got either what get, get bitten by the radio bug? Did you want journalism? What 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 uh, what was the the inkling of the start? Probably not your typical one. Okay, um, I uh, when I was seven years old, I heard that being a dentist is a real good career, and really? that just stuck in my head. Really, for and all through my high school years, everything I was going to be a dentist. I went to Siena. I was going to be a dentist. I took, I had to take a pre-med course or a pre-dental course. And then uh, you go on to dental school after that. And uh, I ran into calculus. <laughs> Don't get along very well to this day. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't do well at Siena. But during, during the two years I was at Siena, uh, I started, somebody, and I don't even know who said, why don't you come on down to radio station, see yeah. what it's like, WVCR, sure. which at the time was a 10-watt carrier current only through the dorms. Oh, interesting. Now, that's, I didn't know that. Yep, that's all it was. Wow, okay. And if you, if you drove down, if you had an FM radio in your car back in 19, early 1960s, which was a rarity, you could actually hear WVCR about five, half a mile down the road because the carrier current would carry through the power lines yes, on Route 9. right, right. So... Um, I went down, you know, and they, I did a little goofing around down there and played some music and stuff like that and just yeah. really kind of enjoyed it. And it really was just a, a fluke. Just, just somebody said to you, and you don't even remember who it was. No, no, I don't. Who but to blame I, for all this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I, you know, I got involved more and more with it. Uh, there had ended up having a regular show. Mm-hmm. And then now you were playing music? Playing music. It was yeah. middle of the road music. It wasn't okay. rock and roll. It was the Ray Conniff singers and all of that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
So I did that, did some newscasts, and did it occasionally down there. But, uh, you know, mightily worked on on my studies and didn't do well. Mm. And Mm. uh, the only thing that saved me from my freshman year to my sophomore year was the A I got in Glee Club. (laughs) And that drove up my (laughs) Q. Honest to God, that was, they actually counted that. Yeah. And that drove up my Q just enough so I could survive from freshman to sophomore year. But after sophomore year, I got the very polite letter from the administration wow. that said, you're hopeless as a student, please don't come oh, back. Oh, jeez. And I had to find something to do, and yeah, I had started yeah. this, so I you know, I looked for other colleges. That didn't work. And uh, I had some similar experiences. We had a, a, at a Graham Junior College in Boston, it was a carrier current station mm-hmm. in uh, Kenmore Square. You can only hear yeah. it in the dorms and, and in the building that we the broadcast studios were in. Um, and then, um, but, but, but my lousy grades were only in the subjects that weren't radio or TV, okay? Because <laughs> we had TV and radio courses. It was a you know broadcast junior college. And so, um, yeah, um, they, they did not, not ask me to come back for my second year, but when um, it came down to it and, and I had to make a decision, I, I knew that my you know grades were not going to go up as long as I had to take Western Civ and sociology and yeah. psychology and that <laughs> stuff. It just didn't interest me. I, I went to look for professors that would uh, say, well, you don't necessarily have to come to every class because I wanted to hang out at the radio station. So that's what I did, and and the grades reflected in yeah. that, you know. So, so you're you you you're done with college? Do you mm-hmm. decide that, that that you've had enough of college, or? Well, I try. I tried to get in somewhere else. Okay. Uh, I tried to get in a couple of two year schools like Hudson Valley and yeah. at the time Junior College of Albany. But since I had two years already at Siena, I had too many credits to get in. Ah, and. My my marks weren't good enough to get into another four-year school, sure. so I'd send a lot of applications around, and I just nothing, nothing panned out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so it was that. Um, what were you doing to uh, to stay alive at the time? Were you still living? At I was, home? I was living at home. Okay, yeah. and, All right. and my parents had a farm out in Central Bridge, out in Schoharie County, yeah. at, at a chicken farm. So, okay, I worked that for a while. In fact, I even <laughs> took ownership of it for a while. Wow. Um, Basically, because of the Vietnam War at the time, mm-hmm. and then eventually just joined the Navy, dodged the draft by joining the Navy. Ah, interesting. So, so what year? What year was that? Do you think that was uh, nineteen sixty sixty six? But I had okay. already gotten a job at the at the time at WSNY. Ah, okay. Um, I I got hired there in June of nineteen or July, I think it was nineteen sixty five. Okay. Uh, the late Steve Fitz hired me, there and I was working, did news from, oh, like about f- 5 to 10, and then played music from 10 to 1, and there you then, go. Tra- then I turned the transmitter off and went <laughs> home. <laughs> Come on to my house. And now the big question is, will I or won't I? Danny Davis and the Nashville Strings play music from a group called Herman's Hermits, who are currently enjoying quite a bit of success in the rock and roll world, sort of a follow-up to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Peter and Gordon and all of those guys. Here they do one of their biggest hit songs and one of the most recent ones. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Mm -hmm. 
Now that you've heard the melody, some of you grown-ups might be wondering what the heck the words are like. Well, it seems the reason that uh, Herman here calls himself Henry VIII, he assumes that his name is Henry, and Herman, the lead singer, quote singer, unquote, of the Hermits, seems to have gotten married to this widow next door, and she's been married seven times before. Aha. Now, don't roar and say, my gosh, these crazy kids, don't forget Mersey Dotes. Record shopping is fun at Carl's Record Shop in Proctor's Arcade because you always find what you're looking for, everything from the newest pops to the classics. That's where WSNY buys all of its records. And just in the earlier part of this week, we picked up that Herman's Hermit's Songbook, and it has things on there like the one you heard, Henry VIII, I Am, The End of the World, Silhouettes, Can't You Hear My Heartbeat, Wonderful World, I'm Into Something Good, all kinds of things. And uh, you can also pick up this one, the Barry Sisters singing from Fiddler on the Roof. And this one particular selection on there, Matchmaker.
This is Martha Wright with a message for high school graduates. Go Army and let the world see you. If you can qualify, you can choose the United States Army's infantry, armor, or artillery training, plus the overseas area of your own choice, Europe or the Far East. What's more, the Army guarantees your choice in writing, and you get the guarantee before you enlist. In exciting places, on leave or on duty, Army men are on the go. So go Army and let the world see you. See your first Army recruiter today. Here's Glenn Yarborough, formerly of the Limelighters, a member of that group, doing quite well on his own. And this is such a pretty song. It's called She. You know, an interesting experience, got my feet wet and uh, saw what, what the life was like, mm. saw what the crappy hours were, yeah. saw how good the pay was. I mean, Steve made a point of telling me that he was going to pay me a nickel above minimum wage. Whoa. I got a dollar thirty an hour. <laughs> <laughs> a whole week's take home six days Whoa. a week of 52 bucks. There you go. There you go. I'm sorry. I beat you on that one. Yeah. I, when I joined them in 1969, same station, SNY, they had changed formats by yeah. this time. Um, my, I think my pay uh, take home after, and this is working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was working three to seven Monday through Saturday, and then six to midnight on on Sunday. Wow! I think forty nine dollars after taxes oh, is what heavens. I was bringing home. Yeah. Oh my heavens! You uh, must have... I, I didn't even know if I was. I didn't know if I was getting minimum wage. I didn't even <laughs> care. You know, I'm living at home. I'm still in high school, yeah. so who cared? Yeah. You know, yeah. But a nickel over minimum wage. Yeah, and, and he, he made, made a real point, point of, of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. You're so stuff. good, I'm paying you a nickel more than minimum yeah. wage. And what was also great about those days, don't you agree, is that you got a chance to try a little bit of everything. Oh, most, absolutely. Most stations had you doing more than just a jock shift. Either yeah. you had to do some production, or some people even went out and did some sales, and uh, and others, uh, you know, news. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that at my first station after college, both news and I jock. Did, I did music. I did news i would take an old tape recorder and believe me it was old and uh, and carry it out and do a couple of interviews every once in a while when somebody notable came to town i I remember there was uh, the head of the general secretary of the united nations or secretary general of the united nations ralph bunch okay was in town so i went and interviewed him and wow you know it it was you know every once in a while you get a little neat little opportunity like Mm -hmm. that which for Mm -hmm. For a 19, 20-year-old is really pretty cool. Exactly, so. exactly. And what was Steve like to, to work with and, oh, Steve and for? Oh, Steve was a hoot. Yeah, yeah. Steve was just one of the funny, funny people. I, I never remember. had the opportunity to meet him. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't. Oh, he was yeah. he was a lot of fun. And uh, there was one time when I, I used to have to, they always had the newscast on the hour and the half hour. Right. Except <laughs> at 325, because the Schenectady Union Star hit the street at 330. Oh, be we got an advanced copy. So we did a newscast at 325 <laughs> from the fr- from the pages of the Schenectady Union oh. Star and you go through this whole, you know, write write a couple of the headlines yeah. and a couple of the uh, summarize a couple of the stories and yeah. you always end up with and today's smile from page 1 of the Schenectady Union Star which oh, okay. was this stupid little yeah. um, yep. cartoon on the front page. Sure. And I was I was starting to do it one day, and the the, the line was it was just a picture of, of uh, two people, and the line was uh, if athletes get athletes foot, do astronauts get mistletoe? 
That was oh, the line. Okay. <laughs> and in the middle of it, I look at, I go to check the clock, and the clock was through through the window in the main studio, hanging on the back of the of the of the on air board, mm-hmm. and there was a copy book above that. Okay, and I saw the back of that, and I looked up just a little farther, and there was Steve with a with his rather large nose and his magnifying glasses with his eyes just very wide and i started laughing you know because it was just funny and and i just you know i'm signaling you take it and he goes no (laughs) he's gonna so for about a minute and a half i'm just sitting there trying to laugh and struggle through that line finally got through it Mm. and uh the general manager at the time tom seeley the late tom seeley called called up and said to steve that wasn't very professional and steve goes yep it wasn't <laughs> but it was, was the end of that. yeah yeah exactly exactly now so these the newspaper did get credit for what you were reading in oh yeah, five yeah, minutes? It's, yeah everything yeah. was this is what uh, this okay. is the headline in the schenectady union gotcha. today's schenectady union star blah blah blah, yeah. blah 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 and here's today's smile from page one of the schenectady right. union star okay because when i was writing and reading news up in saratoga we would occasionally get uh, a call from the editor of the Saratogian saying, tell your guys to, to use a few more of their words. It sounds like they're reading verbatim out of the paper. <laughs> and I think maybe a couple of the news guys were, but yeah, you know, sure. they, they'd get called on the carpet every once in a while because they weren't sponsoring it. You know? so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but that's back before the internet. I mean, everything's changed so much with oh, sure. how news it's, is it's- done today. I mean, you really did have to stop at the police station and check the police reports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, uh, obviously, um, you know, the newspapers were, were a major part of it. And you had a wire service, obviously. Yeah, you had, oh, yeah. We, had a, we had a UPI wire. And yeah. you always had it in the back of the news studio. So you hear it a clackety clacking clack, away. Clack. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. News time. News time. With the important local news first. Jack Arney reports all the news first. A 10-minute summary of today's top news developments brought to you before 6 o'clock. Safeway Supermarkets announced that they plan to build a new store near Rutland, Vermont. WSNY talked with Mr. Bernard Gordon, president of Safeway. Mr. Gordon, could you explain to us, please, the type of supermarket you plan to open in Rutland, Vermont? Well, I'd be happy to, Jack. The new uh, store that Safeway is now uh, being constructed up in Rutland, Vermont, is going to be part of a shopping center of 18,000 square feet. It'll be one of the largest markets in the city of Rutland, and we're very happy to say that uh, this is the uh, first of a series of new markets that we expect to place in the uh, state of Vermont. Safeway Supermarket seems to have grown quite a bit in the past few years. Could you more or less summarize the uh, growth for us? Well, yes. Let me say this. Uh, the Safeway supermarket actually started to grow within the past 10 years. Uh, we started with a standing position of just a couple small stores in the uh, city of Schenectady here, and we have grown now to a chain of 19 stores. Uh, incidentally, I may also add, uh, Jack, that we have uh, two other stores under construction, one in Amsterdam, uh, part of a shopping center, which is called the Reed Hill Shopping Center, and the other, uh, the, uh, the 20th, uh, 21st market, rather, would be up there in uh, Saratoga, which would be called the West End Shopping Center. And both of these shopping centers say they will have large markets, and we do hope that, uh, and we know that will bring prosperity to the community. Mr. Bernard Gordon, president of Safeway. 
An official of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People says Albany, Troy, and Utica will be main target areas in a drive against racial imbalance in schools. Miss June Shageloff, the NAACP's National Education Director, says that the school systems of the three cities will be examined closely. She noted that several school boards on Long Island and in Westchester County previously accused of racial imbalance have submitted or are preparing to submit integration plans to the state education commissioner. So um, so you're doing you know, a little bit of news, a little bit of, um, of uh, disc jockey work. What mm. led you, uh, well, where'd you go from there? I won't lead you anywhere. Well, where'd that's okay. Go? No, the, then um, the good old draft board came by and said, you're 1A. Whoa. And uh, so I decided to join yeah. or join join something yeah uh and so i ended up um making an application for the naval reserve in scotia okay and at the time they had uh i think a little over 200 people trying to get in and they mm. had room for four Ooh. and uh so they said uh, you know they just, the the chief who was down there at the time just called me up one day at work and said we're given the exam uh, tomorrow at one o'clock, and I said, "Geez, I'm working." And he goes, mm. "Well, you either want to get in or you don't." Wow, <laughs> so yeah. I talked to Steve, and he said, "Go on, we'll cover it." Yeah. Went down, and it ended up I was one of the four who got in. Don't ask me how. Wow. But then yeah, I went to boot camp, did nine weeks in boot camp, came back, worked at WSNY because we had about a nine month period before you get called to active duty gotcha. in the reserves. Okay. And uh, so then I got my call to active duty and went uh, went off. But in the interim. In that nine-month period, I got a call from the general manager at WOKO oh, okay. in Albany, which was at the time a, another middle-of-the-road station. Gotcha. Offered me a little more money. He asked me if I'd like to come over. Went for an interview, and I told him all about the you know the Naval Reserve thing and my commitment. And he said that's okay, you know. Good. And uh, so I, I went over and worked a few months there. Um, and then uh, then went away on active duty. Okay. And did you go overseas? Yeah, some. Uh, the the best part, I, mil, military life and I don't get along. Okay, you know, we, I'm I'm just not cut up for military life. It's okay, just not for me. But I had to do my duty. I was going to do my duty, and yeah. that's it. I wasn't going to run away to Canada or anything. I was right. going to do my duty. So I get uh, I'm assigned after you go down to a the old Brooklyn Navy Yard, and then they sent, take you down there and kind of figure out what the heck to do with you. Hmm. And so then I got assigned to the USS Wasp, an okay. aircraft carrier in Boston, wow. based in Boston. Yeah. So I come home for a couple of days. I had a couple of days lop over time, and then go to Boston, get to Boston late at night. I had to report on board by midnight. And I got there, the cab driver in Boston had no idea where the place was, and oh, I really? didn't either. It was just the ship. <laughs> yeah. So we finally found it at about 11.30. And I report, I, I get out of the cab and the thing's in dry dock. Ooh. And I okay. report on board, yeah. and I said, excuse me, I said, how long has this been in dry dock? And he goes, three days. And I said, how long is it going to be in dry dock? And he goes, oh, about six, seven months. Wow. Whoa. Oh, this yeah. This is okay. Yeah. So I get assigned to X Division, which is another... Let's figure out what the heck to do with you. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm sitting there one day talking to the guy, two, three days later, talking to the guy who's in charge of X Division, and everybody else had sort of been scattered about the ship, and this guy comes in this old second class comes in and says, we need somebody to swab our deck. Oh, so I start walking the other way, and he grabs me by the uh, shoulder and oh, says, follow him. Yeah. What does it end up being? The public affairs office. Whoa, there you go. 
Perfect. I said, what do you guys do? And he said, well, we do publications and we do news releases and we're going to work on running a radio and TV station. I said, I did radio and TV on the outside. Can wow. I get assigned here? Man. I mean, mm. talk about serendipity. Oh, it, yeah. I, I had a military career that was pure serendipity. Yeah. So we get out of dry dock. While we're in dry dock at the time, we're calling all the, all the TV stations mm-hmm. and radio stations, pestering them for equipment because yeah. we wanted to build a little radio station. And we had some TV equipment, cameras and stuff, mm-hmm. but we needed some more things. So we pestered them. They made donations. Uh, I think it was WHDH in Boston donated two lateral arm turntables for a while a record would start on the inside and play out okay and they had jerry rigged them once that didn't continue being popular which wasn't very long they jerry rigged them to play from the record from the outside in okay they must have weighed a thousand pounds a piece so they were monstrous things (laughs) but we wrestled them things those things on board carried them down below deck set up our little studio in one of the cool one of the places and then set up our little tv studio and uh, went to town and then we did operational readiness cruises and then i had a four-month cruise to the north atlantic and the med all right yeah see a little bit of the world anyway yeah yeah yeah. here's a question for you i don't think i've ever asked a question of of this uh caliber (laughs) <laughs> On a real rough day at sea, do the records skip? <laughs> uh, those turntables and needles were so heavy. Yeah, yeah. They really, they really didn't. I guess on when you're on a carrier, yeah, it's that, more, that uh, it's more a gentle roll uh, yeah, than it is yeah, bouncing, a, bouncing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it gets real bad, you don't put the radio station. On <laughs> yeah, the I air. suppose. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You had no trouble with the uh, ocean. Uh, uh, first first time off of Cape Hatteras, we hit some 25, 30-foot seas. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I blew my cookies, went mm-hmm. on, uh, went up uh, up topside <laughs> up to the hangar bay where it, where it was a lot of outside air coming in, and I could look mm-hmm. at a horizon that straightened me out, and okay. that was it. I'll I never dead. had another seasickness Well, issue. that's cool. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, you know, to your advantage, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah. there were some guys who just, I mean, as soon as it got rough, yeah. they were just sick as dogs. All right. So what were you doing with this radio station on board? Were you were you entertaining? And, yeah, and, we, uh, we would run. Yeah. Uh, we ran it. It was obviously carrier current, and yeah. they had... Uh, However, the they had had an old television system, so it was cabled through. So okay. the radio music was on the television sets, okay. which kind of uh, irritated the engineering people because I they imagine. said, "Geez, you're going to wear the tubes out." Yeah, but <laughs> but we ran it that way, and then and then we do uh, in the evening. Uh, we turn the radio station off. We turn the television station on. We do a half hour newscast, and then half uh, newscast sports weather. Here's where we are in the in this big ocean, and here's where we're going to be, and here's how deep the water is, and blah blah blah, that kind of stuff, <laughs> and uh, and then we'd run a movie. I'll be there. Uh, yeah. And and you know the ships all had movies, and every time you had you had stores or you went on on shore or something like that, you'd swap out a half a dozen movies and so on. So you know yeah. some people saw the same movie four or five times oh, in sure. thirty days, but sure. what the heck? <laughs> and then uh, and then I would also do a newscast on on the ship's intercom system, okay, uh, called the One MC, and I, I made some friends up in the radio room, and they would pirate uh, mm. some. You know, they just try and tune in like a UPI or an AP or something like that, the the international stuff, and mm-hmm. download half hour worth of teletype stuff for gotcha. me. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's what I would use. But every once in a while, they didn't pay much attention, and they'd zip around and find something that was uh, was a news thing and just let it go, and it ended up being TASS. 
from the oh, Soviet really? Union. So I, had, so I had to Americanize the TASS newscast yeah, yeah. a little bit wow. and say, come on, could you just check and see? How you know? crazy is that? I know. It was, yeah. it was really weird. Wow. But, uh, but then I, I did that every, every single night while we were at sea. And uh, you're in hog heaven. Yeah, I. You know, you know, and I, I, my rank rank at the time was a seaman. Okay. And uh, and so I was seaman Jack to everybody on board. Oh, yeah. And uh, so That's it was terrific. it was pretty neat. It was yeah, a neat experience. Yeah. Cool. Um, how long did uh, active duty last? How long were you out? Somewhere? It was uh, it was a year and five months. That okay. was uh, it was supposed to be a two year active duty shift. Okay. Uh, but then the Pentagon came along and said to the Navy, Department of the Navy, gee, we've got too many people. So any reservist with over a year, hmm. you're out immediately. Wow. And if you're on maneuvers, you finish the maneuvers. Well, that word came out when we left for the North Atlantic Med Cruise. I couldn't have been more, I, I, mm. I joke, but it, it felt like it. I couldn't have been more than 30 feet away from the oh, pier in Point wow. Rhode Island when that thing came out. But yeah. I got I got to see Europe. So <laughs> and, and the whole time I was overseas in Europe and Doing, uh, you know, everything on board ship and seeing some of the sights in Europe. Yeah. Or as I joke, I saw many capitals of Europe through the bottom of a beer bottle. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I knew as soon as that, that ship hit the pier in Quonset Point, Rhode Island, I was done. You're done. Yeah. So yeah. that was the end of active duty. Wow. I came back and got my job, old job back at WOKO. And by then Did it you? had been sold and mm-hmm. was a country music had station. Had country in that time? Yeah, yeah. I thought it might and have. I, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was the number two newsman and the news director was Ed Dague. I'll be darned. Yep. <laughs> now, I didn't know Ed worked at OKO. I yep. don't know how that, that's not come up before. How about, how about that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long it was because yeah. it wasn't long when I was there when yeah. uh, when six came along, so now we're into the early seventies, uh, just about nineteen seventy. Okay, yes. yeah, 1970. Yeah. Okay, excellent. When uh, I took off for Boston for college for uh, the, a couple of years, yeah, because you're so much younger than so, I. So, oh yeah, yeah, so <laughs> much. Um, well, so you're you're back at OKO. It was nice that you know they they you know put you back in there. Well, uh, which uh, they fed, federal they law said they had to. to. <laughs> okay, I thought I thought that was part of it. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I did I did news I, I basically stuck with news then I didn't oh, okay. I didn't play any music so and I did uh, commercial production stuff and yeah so on you know yeah. which was nowadays you'd never do that but that's true you yeah. know now that you mention it yeah because newsmen um, you know news people you needed to keep them as you know you had to believe them and you couldn't have them you know selling Aunt Mary's flapjacks or something mm-hmm. you know and crazy. and that was not at yeah. least at OKO wasn't that big it a deal at the time big, and yeah. I. I didn't really, at the time, understand the that line of demarcation. Mm, okay. So it okay. was uh, it was interesting, yeah. but I, you know, I got to busy. I got to learn to do you know do some really interesting production stuff. I'm sure, and yeah. uh, and covered news, and that went on for about a year. Okay, all right. Now was uh, was this before Joe Gallagher, or did you meet Joe at OKO? No, I never met. Through there. I never met Joe okay. until uh, till up at six. Okay, all right, yeah, because he uh, he he was there. When uh, when I came on the air at uh, GNA, so he was there in the probably more toward the mid seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was yeah. I was there just uh, just about a year and got a job offer from the Long Island Network. Okay, uh, which was a network of two radio stations, one <laughs> in Nassau County and one in Suffolk County, and covered the entire island. Okay, uh, yeah, Long Island the up to them, the yeah. up to the Queens border. Okay, Queens was foreign country at the time, but I figured, okay. well, if I'm gonna Ever do radio and get into New York? Mm. Um, 
yeah. I'd have to, you know, that would be a good entree. Yeah. So this was a goal of yours was to see if you could uh, work into yeah, New see York if I City. Could get into a big market. Yeah. Yeah. And, as uh, most of us tried. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we did. And uh, so that, you know, that continued for a while and it was a nice operation. I mean, we mm-hmm. had, uh, we had um, four people permanently out on the street. Nice. Running a couple, of, including running a couple of bureaus. We had eight of us working inside. Wow. And the inside people would occasionally go out and do outside work too. Where were you actually based? In Merrick, Long Island. Okay. It was the, the station, uh, the Nassau County station was WGBB, which is now a Spanish language station. Okay. And then there was a daytimer, 5,000 watt daytimer out in Suffolk County in Huntington. Uh, that was the other part of the network for okay. probably about eight or nine months. And um, then the station out in Suffolk County decided they didn't want to be part of it anymore. Mm. Mm. So that kind of broke it up. And I saw, you know, I was very new with seniority. Okay. Not that that made much difference at the time, <laughs> but I was new with seniority. I had gotten married to a young lady up here who mm-hmm. came from up here, and okay. we just decided to come back north. Oh, okay. Was okay. I was wondering if maybe um, other stations, uh, radio stations in the state would pick up some stories from Long Island, and maybe you know would, you would have been heard up here, but not. it didn't work that way. No, it didn't uh, work. It really okay. didn't work that way. It was strictly, strictly Long Island. It was very, very rare that anybody in Syracuse or Rochester gave a hoot about what happened in Long Island. <laughs> Yeah, so that, say that yeah it just uh, it was just basically strictly long island yeah. so i just searched for a job up here and mm-hmm. and ended up uh being hired as a sales guy the the worst part of my you just entire made a face career. folks just in case you yeah. no oh. don't know yeah <laughs> not my that's not my thing that in the military are not my not thing. Your thing okay <laughs> um and uh, it was at w um, WDKC were the call letters. Oh, sure. Time. Yeah, it's the old W H. It became H T R Y F M H S H, and yep. now it's PIX. Yeah, and it was it was the FM station for WTRY at right, the time. Right. And the guy who was the sales manager had been one of the sales guys at WOKO. So oh, that was okay. that, that was, was your kind connection. of the connection. Yeah. yeah. So that worked out uh, uh, not very well. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not a sales guy, and plus, okay. I mean it. it the station had very, very small listenership. Mm-hmm. FM was still kind of early. FM in was it. new, yeah, absolutely. And yep. and yep. it was uh, middle of the road, yep. and you could pick up a lot of that on AM, middle of the road music. Right. Um, and so it just, uh, you know, the top rate, it, you're working on commission. Mm. If you bought one commercial for one time, for one minute, it was seven dollars. Seven dollars. Seven okay. bucks. Not quite a dollar a holler as I've heard we've had <laughs> yeah. in some place. And uh, uh, you know, if you buy more than one, it's down to a dollar a holler. Either, pretty there, much, you end up going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. I, I had I had one account that I successfully sold in six months. <laughs> I was getting a draw against commission, and that kind of kind of petered out. And then then the poor guy who had hired me um, had a massive heart attack oh. and died. Oh, so yeah. Art Simmers, who was the uh, general manager at TRY, TRY yep. basically took over the operation. He said, we're no longer going to have separate sales departments. We're going to combine. So thank you very much. I'll pay you your severance. And wow. And I said, well, if something ever opens in the newsroom, I'd like to be considered. One week later, he called me and wow. had an opening in the newsroom. Wow. And he still paid my severance. So I was making good money for three weeks. Oh, there you go. There you go. Now, <laughs> I, be, before we get too far from yep. the WDKC, 
My dad was a car salesman, okay? Most mm. of his life, he sold Fords, mostly. Right. He brought home a demo that had FM in it, you know? Wow. And it, had, it was a station wagon, so it had two rear speakers and two in the front. WDKC's legal ID went from speaker to speaker. So it was in the left side, W, D was in the right speaker. Oh, for so W, D, K, C, back and forth. And I remember that like it was yesterday. Because that's a, a real cool effect oh, if you don't absolutely. know Absolutely. And, and the first time it happened in the car, my, my dad being an MOR guy all the way around in, in his, his life, um, I just, I looked at my father, I said, what was that? He goes, that's stereo. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it blew my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it really did. I had never, uh, again, I had not been exposed to FM much. It took a long time for it to, you know, catch on in right. the 70s. Uh, uh, I can tell you from working at a, a new FM station in 1973, it took a while before GNA got on the map because yeah. not only was it FM, but it was at the top of the FM dial above DKC, HSH, whatever it was by that time and when I went on the air. And I'll bet your dad, when he was selling a car, made sure to time things out when he was doing the if stereo. He, if he was smart. If <laughs> yep. he was smart, yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he did it for a long yeah. time, he had Because to be. back then, it was probably a uh, an add-on. It probably wasn't a feature of the oh, car. I'm sure. You, know, you had to pay extra to have the FM and especially the FM yeah. stereo. Yeah, yeah. So I had to throw that story in there because when that's, you said DKC, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Wow. the legal ID. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Did you ever go to the studio up on the hill? I never did, no. No, it was up on, uh, up right by the transmitters. When you when you see, look up toward Thatcher Park when you're okay. down here in the valley and yep. you see like four or five towers mm-hmm. up there. Up on top of that, okay, right up there is where the studio was. Seriously, honest to goodness, and year had, round, year round, year <laughs> round. They had a they, they had a refrigerator and a microwave, and always had that refrigerator stocked with uh, with frozen dinners. Yeah, yeah. And there was one bad storm, and the one guy who was the program director, whose name escapes me, uh, was up there like for five days straight. Wow, wow. Before they could get up there, and finally got up there with a snow snowmobile. Yeah. To yeah. get them out and get isn't somebody else that, in. Sure, isn't yeah. that crazy? I know it. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember having to slog through the streets of Schenectady after a super big storm to get to uh, work on a Sunday at SNY on mm-hmm. Lafayette Street. I mean, I, I really was creating a path. Nobody was out. That's how bad it was. Yeah. How I even got into Schenectady from Glenville, I don't know. One of my parents probably. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get to the station because the streets were just, you know, that bad for that particular storm. <laughs> so I can't imagine going up into the hell to Oh, I know it. I know it. That's crazy. And it's got to be wind howling up there. Oh, and God, so. yes. Yeah, yeah. So you're at, um, at, at TRY now. Yeah. And doing uh, some news for them? Working, uh, who, who, doing Strictly who, who, News, working with uh, George Lazat. Oh, yeah. Lou Tinney. Lou Tinney. I worked with Lou. Yeah. 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 Char- real character. Nice guy. Yep. And... I think Bob Noble was there at the time. I remember that name. Yeah, he yep. worked at AP for a long time afterwards, uh-huh. and and several other folks along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, very much a rock and roll station. Oh, yeah, and very yeah. much a rock and roll newscast style yeah. newscast. Yeah. So, and you guys competed directly with you know that fifty thousand watt you know giant WPTR. Yep. It was you two all the time, and you know PTR moved their news to five of so that it wouldn't be at the same time your news was, yeah. and all all that stuff when the competition was so crazy. Oh, it was. It was yeah. incredibly fierce, and yeah, it was yeah. you know music was the key. Yes, you, it was almost you had to do a newscast mm-hmm. uh, because the FCC said you had to, yeah. and so you might as well do a good one. And they had uh, they had uh, I know they uh, Art Simmer is always like showy stuff, and he had this 
lime green, I think Plymouth Barracuda or something newsmobile with a yellow light up on top. (laughs) And the the poor guy who was, uh, who was driving at home that night through Niskayuna, the Niskayuna cops stopped him because you had to have a permit for the yellow light. Oh God. So for the longest time, the yellow light was covered, covered. with aluminum foil and duct right? I don't know whether they had duct tape back then, but yeah. it was taped on aluminum yeah. foil until they got the whole thing straightened out. The first vehicle that I worked, uh, when I worked at the station that had that on top, I was told, you don't put that on when you're moving. It's only when you're sitting at the remote or when you're sitting at the news story, <laughs> but not when you're on the road, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, you know, there were rules about that. I never I never drove the car, so it was <laughs> always had to drive my own car going from yeah. Hither T on doing stories. So you had a pretty good uh, um, you know, crew at that time. You had oh, yeah. at least three or four people, right? In, mm-hmm. in the newsroom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was uh, going out and covering, you know, events live, you know. And George George is uh, he would tend to be a little quirky once in a while, but he was <laughs> he was a very good news director. Yeah. He was and, yeah. and a nice, you know, nice gentleman too. Cool. And uh, worked there for a year, learned a lot, and um uh, just started looking again and uh, you know call once again started making a few calls over to wgy to don decker and mm-hmm. and uh he eventually uh, said <laughs> okay come on over we got an opening come on over let's give cool. it a try yeah very nice so and i've heard great stories about don being a great guy to work for oh as he was well. he was decker, a real pro real pro yeah could be very tough but cared deeply about his about the people that yes. he worked with yeah, yeah and uh and you know was always in their corner and and would I mean, you knew, you knew when he went down to a management meeting and it was going to be a tough management meeting, you knew he'd put his job on the line to save yours. That's nice. Yeah. So yeah. that's the type of gentleman he was. So what uh, folks were you working with over at uh, GY when you first got there? Well, Mike Lederman is the one who left. Okay. Um, and I filled his spot. Uh, Dick Beach was there. Wow. Uh, Larry Schwartz, Bill mm-hmm. Duffy. Wow. Um, what names. Yeah. Great yeah, names. Great um, names. And uh, Jim Williams was there, and that was uh, just before they did the wild experiment of going from a half-hour 6 o'clock news to a one-hour 6 o'clock news. That was a big deal. that's a big deal, yeah. And uh, so I was hired on November 27th of 1972. Okay. And uh, it was in January or February, that spring, and I forget. my, I forget whether it was for the February ratings book or they were did it after that for the May ratings book. But they hired three more people immediately after wow. that to expand it. Yeah, did a couple of experimental broadcasts and then went for the hour. Mm. And uh, Ed Dag was there at the time. He and he and Ernie Tatro were co anchors. Okay, now was this a, a six o'clock or a five o'clock? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yeah. Okay, five o'clock was unheard of at okay. the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was a six o'clock newscast. And uh, they did. They expanded it to the hour, uh, allowing a few more, a little more time to interview people and do some more expan- ex- expansive uh, news pieces and so on. Sure. And uh, the ratings book, the first ratings book, came out, and they were very happy because they didn't lose anything. <laughs> yeah, Everything but, stayed the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, when the rules were a little looser at the time. When uh, so uh, they came up. Uh, manager came up, and I think George Spring was the manager at the time, but he came, came up with two cases of champagne mm. for the newsroom to nice. celebrate. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, 
So Ernie, being the ever-thoughtful person working nights, immediately grabbed about five bottles and stuffed them in his desk for the night crew because they came up at like yeah. noon or one o'clock, well, something yeah, like that. Sure. So he, he did that. And uh, so we night people had a little party too. But I, mm-hmm. I still remember there was uh, Ernie was got one of the bottles of champagne out and he was going to open it and he took the little wire thing off the top and the phone rang. Okay. And he picked the phone up and he gets deep into some conversation with somebody. I have no idea who it is. Yeah. And we're just all working away, not paying attention. Yeah. And all of a sudden, blam, the cork goes. And it goes straight up. And we had the uh, fluorescent lights up yep. there with the with the grid. Yep. Well, that yeah. cork found its way square through one oh. of the grids into one of the fluorescent bulbs. And broke that. And there's Ernie sitting there befuddled in a shower of fluorescent, <laughs> <laughs> fluorescent powder and glass. Oh, just, wow. I, I'll never... Mm. Mm. We, I mean, it was it, it was it was unfortunate, but it was funny, yeah, too to see. But yeah. uh, you know that that was uh, one of the early entrees, and then we just continued with the hour news. And I was mainly doing radio. I was basically a WGY employee mm-hmm. working two thirty to eleven thirty Monday through Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday off in at five. A.M. on Saturday mm. and five thirty A.M. Sunday. Okay, so the one of the one of the glorious shifts. For oh when yeah, you're radio. oh yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, I always loved it when our uh, weekends were on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. I, I worked some stations like that. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 You, you always have that, a <laughs> bunch of those. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, I, I just did mainly radio, but every once in a while I had a little television opportunity because mm-hmm. it was all a combined newsroom at the time. Gotcha. And. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, it just worked out very well, and that continued that way until, um, actually, it, it was it was going to break up in 1981. Um, they were going to sell. GE was going to sell. Okay. And uh, they ha- had a deal with Cox Communications. Okay. And with a local group that that the then general manager Jim Delmonico had put together with, gotcha. uh, yeah. uh, and I forget what the name of it was, but it was the four managers basically putting some money in and and uh, hmm. making a purchase offer for the station, and they had it, and everything was lined up and ready to go on the day of the closing. It took about eighteen months back then for the FCC to get final approval. Sure. It was just a slow process. Yeah. Well, in that eighteen months. The value of the cable GE cable property hmm. had increased so much that basically the radio station and the television station to whoever we're going to be sold to would, would have basically been freebies. I'll be darned. And so GE said, "We want some more money." Yeah. And they said, "No." And Sales it off. Fell through. Wow. I was going to be the news director at WGY. We wow. had bought equipment, had set up everything. I had literally started walking down the hall when the sale. Wow. Uh, when the sale hit the skids. So everything went back to normal. Combined newsroom did a little bit of both. Crazy. This is, uh, I'm going to tell you one of the, one of the goofiest things. Okay. Everything went back to normal. 83. Finally, they sell the place. Okay. So I'm getting ready. I get my box of stuff and I'm getting ready to go down the hall to be the work for WGY. Hmm. And they said, where are you going? I said, down to radio. And they said, no, you're on the television budget. I said, Ooh. what? Wow. Totally unbeknownst to us, during those two years, I would work, you know, I'd, I was working mornings with Dick Beach. Okay. Uh, Dick was very punctual. If you if you start at 5, you're in at 5. Not mm-hmm. 4.59, not 5.01, you're in at 5. If yeah. you're off at 1, you're off at 1. Goodbye. Okay. 
I didn't mind working a little overtime. I was trying to save money, put a kid through college. You know, sure. took a, so I didn't mind working a little overtime. The radio manager called up and said, I'm paying all this overtime to Jack, and it's all for television stories, she says to Don. Ooh. Don says, well, let's switch the names. There you go. Just like I that. end up, you know, I end up being, uh, and and I I actually offered at that time. I said, "Well, let's switch back." And they said, "You can't. It's too late now. Wow, you're on you're on the television budget along with the desks and the garbage cans." Is <laughs> the way is the way I usually put it. Yeah. And I had to kind of, you know, invent a television self because I had done so little. So yeah, it, it sure. just kind of worked out. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. It was it was really you know. I'm, I'm, I look back sometimes, and my whole life has just been serendipity. Well, you know, it's the same with me. And and I I told I said to somebody once, "Well, I've been lucky." And uh, and immediately the person says, "Yeah, but you have to be in the right place with the right education, with the right experience, with the right talent to have that that luck hit." Mm-hmm. And 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 it changed my whole idea about what I had learned along the way, and where I'd come from, and where I was going to. But uh, if you would, you know, looking back at it now, if you had told me early on that like, life would have taken this course, I said, you're nuts. Yeah, I know. You know I you're, would have. you're crazy. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have been sitting in a, in a chair looking in somebody's molar and trying to drill it out <laughs> saying, yeah, this is what I, exactly what I planned. Yeah, be sure you tell my <laughs> wife on the way out that, um, uh, that you uh, were going to be a dentist. She was a dental assistant for oh, many years. Yep, yeah. yep. Yep, worked for Bill Powers downtown Albany for, uh, it was a two-person office for a lot of years, <laughs> and she worked for a few others along the way, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the dental assistant, or the uh, the dentist that uh, that winds up on uh, TV news. <laughs> now, were you just a general street reporter when I was. I was started? to begin with, yep, yep, I was to begin with, and then uh, Don came along, Don Decker came along, and he said, you know, I'd kind of like to start a business segment. Yep. And he said, I called the person who we used to use uh, a fair amount, Walter Walter Marvin, who worked at Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith at the time. Okay. And he was always very willing to do a television interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Loved, loved the exposure. And I'm, I'm sure it helped his business, too. But he was, he was always willing to do some analysis, be it on radio or on television. Nice. And my father... Uh, the chicken farmer um, had uh, he was always looking for angles too as an uh, independent business person. Sure, and he had uh, started watching commodities. Okay, corn yep. prices, yep. oat prices, wheat prices, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and had made a deal with the feed mill down in Central Bridge that when he thought the price of say corn mm-hmm. was at a low, mm-hmm. he would buy a train car. Full of corn. Okay. But take delivery as he needed it. Sure. And he had it and bought it at that point was buying stuff in bulk. We had our own feed mixer that he had purchased somewhere, used and, and installed in the barn. And so he he got involved with commodities. So through that I got to understand markets what a little they were bit. About. Yeah. And he invested in a few stocks here and there and so on hmm. and so forth. So yeah. I you know, I just kinda learned stuff from that. And then he eventually got out of the chicken business and was just trading. Mm-hmm. Day, day trader is what mm-hmm. they call him now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Don had called Walter and said, I wanna I wanna try and do a business report. You got any suggestion of what we can do? And Walter said why don't you talk to Jack? He seems to know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so he talked to me, and I, I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. What wow. the heck? I said, yeah. when, uh, I said, when do you want to start? And I, he said, let's do it ne- start next week. I said, okay, what do you want? And he said, that's strictly up to you. 
just had to be business oriented. Yeah. yeah so I called yeah. Walter and, you know, we worked out a little style. Don had just invested in an Apple computer. Okay. So he said, I don't care what you do, but I think you ought to include GE stock because we got a lot of GE shareholders. There you go. And I want yeah. you to include Apple because I got that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wow. uh, did that. I did some basic, you know, a lot of, a lot of the national Mm, uh, sure. Business news sure. and and a little stock thing and did yeah. you know two three minutes on on TV and, and it was nightly it was five, yeah every, five days every a week? single night, yeah. night which yeah. ensured me a Monday through Friday job yes yeah and yeah. Uh, so did that and then kind of grew that into seeing what's going on locally that mm-hmm. kind of evolved into all right what kind of technology do we have in this business and really the very first tech story that I ever did I had talked to. Um, the person who was the head of the Center for Economic Growth at the time. I mm. kind of developed a little bit of a relationship there okay. and, and we yep. picked their brain for some stories. And I said, how many software companies? I, I said, you know, software seems to be growing around here. What, yeah. uh, what, what, how many software companies do we have? And he said, I'll get back to you. And he counted, counted them down from the people who were members of the organization and, and people who knew people and so on. And he said, we have 175. Whoa. Wow. And this is now, like what, 85, 86. Something. Really that that early, yeah. 85 or 86. And they were, you know, wow. most of them were garage and dorm operations. But, yeah, yeah. But very small, but they were there. They were wow. legitimate companies or LLCs. Sure, uh, yeah. And so I did a man on the street. I said, how many software companies? Because people knew about MapInfo at the time sure. and, and a couple of others that were big. And they said, mm-hmm. oh, how many? I, so I did a man on the street. I said, how many software companies do we have? And it was, oh, five, yeah, eight, right. 12, I think was the highest number I got. Wow. And put that all together in a piece and then, boom, ended up with saying, Great there are 175 around here, yeah. people working in software. And this tech stuff might be something. It might be something yeah, to keep might be an eye to on. It. Yeah, so, so I started keeping an eye on it. And that's, that that's, wild. You so know, it evolved from business into into tech as well. Yeah, business, yeah. And, t- business and technology is what yeah. I ended up uh, cool. being mainly known for. And no matter what I did, if I started anchoring or, you know, when I started doing the I, – I was the first anchor of the – early early news uh but i wanted to keep the business thing in case mm-hmm. something failed and i knew that mm-hmm. business thing would kind of keep me afloat so sure. even though i was doing getting in to do a newscast from six thirty to 7 in the morning mm-hmm. and that was my first anchoring job back in 1988 cool um i still kept that business franchise yeah. and i kept it all the way through now you're not going to remember this but we actually met around that time because I left um, radio in 1986 and went into marketing mm-hmm. at a local CPA firm named Marvin and Company. Mm. You probably know them or remember them. Anyway. Yeah, I sure yeah, do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, you're not just not going to remember this, but after I was there for a while, I was their first marketing director. Okay, <laughs> so I went from you know 17 years of being an, an air personality and program director, and you know radio was in my blood to all of a sudden having to change that to how do I get people to notice Marvin and company. Yeah. One of the things I did was I sent out to all the media in the area a list of our partners and what expertise they had. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it must have paid off. I got a call from you, and you I, I'm pretty sure you came over and spoke to somebody in management, one of our partners, if you will, and uh, about something that had to do with either taxes or something a CPA would be able to help you with. Right. 
and uh, and so that's the first time we actually crossed paths, hmm. and, and then until I had lunch with you a few years ago, <laughs> never again. <laughs> yeah, we never really did, other than that no, instance. No. And I don't remember. I and do remember doing something at Marvin. I don't, uh, yeah. but I didn't know didn't know you at all. Yeah, no, it was probably uh, again. You uh, you were on the phone with me probably for five minutes just to set it up, and I may have been there to say this is so and so, and then yeah. go to it. And then I, you know, disappeared. I was supposed to be, you know, un- unseen, but, you know, helping to build the business. And I was there for five years from 86 to uh, the end of 90. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, we also should have crossed paths, but probably, but I know we didn't. I did work from 92, starting in 1992, I worked Saturday mornings on uh, WGY-FM, which was oldies at the time. Right. And you were downstairs there somewhere. We were, we were in the same building for a short time, and then they moved us into the sales offices next door or something. I forget where we wound up going. But anyway, you were working on TV in, in, you know, on Belltown mm-hmm. Road, and I was upstairs in the, in the uh, old uh, – it was an old production uh, TV pro- – uh, I think it was an old pro- uh, TV control room that was upstairs. They turned into the FM studio. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, so I remember that studio, yeah, and then, yeah. and then the building next door, which is now uh, uh, the law law firm, law firm yeah. uh, Higgins Roberts and Sopranowitz, mm-hmm. um, which incidentally is closing after 185 wow. years, which I, found, I just yeah. found out. But uh, yeah, they moved everything over into that building. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Got, yeah. Got all the radio out of out of 1400 yeah. Balltown Road. Well, when the so dames, we, we probably the, crossed at the coffee machine. We, we may have. Yeah. We may have, yeah. Yeah, but um, other than that, uh, no, it was just uh, I was just uh, thrilled when um, you know, we started, you know, seeing you at the the lunch that we hold because uh, again, I grew up watching you and, mm-hmm. and admiring what you were doing, mm-hmm. and and thought, uh, you know, if I had stuck with news, maybe that's that would be me now. You know, well, you've but, had a uh, great career. So, though. oh, I, I don't regret a second of it. Yeah. I really don't. And and being able to reminisce with folks like you about, you know, how we all came up and and how we have crossed paths many times and sometimes didn't know it, um, you know, is is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And and it's hopefully becomes a you know these things live forever in the you know Ethernet. Hopefully, you know, this will be a history of local radio that somebody can look back on someday and say, radio, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> what was radio? It's like the cartoon saying, you know, gee, when I, uh, my mother says when she was a kid, she would uh, make a telephone call into a radio station and, and win tickets to something. And the, mm-hmm. the other kid would look and say, what's a telephone and what's a radio station? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Used to sit there with the, uh, with my finger in the dial for the first number of the, of the radio <laughs> station to call in. And yeah, but that's how it's how I got encouraged to pursue my dream of being on the radio mm-hmm. because when I would call in and, and win something, it wasn't the first time and the jock knew my voice immediately. And, and I'd engage them in conversation and say, I want to do what you're doing. And without a, exception everybody always encouraged me yeah but without exception they never mentioned how lousy the pay was <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and everybody looks at that and says what a glamorous job and yeah. when you know and when you look at somebody like a boom boom brannigan who's yeah. able to have a cadillac with a third fin on it there you, you know <laughs> exactly it looks it looks like such a glamorous job yeah yeah and uh and and in our minds it was yeah yeah it was <laughs> anyway yeah no and obviously we did it for the uh, for the love of it so you uh, had quite the career on on tv how long did that uh, last uh, when did you, uh... I, I worked i retired in uh, 
July 27th of 2007. Wow. And so yeah. I was uh, I was at 6 WGY combination for uh, just under 35 years. Terrific. A couple of months under 35 years. And yeah. actually uh, doing primarily television from 1983 on. There you go. Yeah. Not primarily, only television only. from '83 yeah. on till till I retired. Sure, sure. Well, once they split the the group up, that's that's you know basically what happened. When once the TV went with owners and and you know the radio went yeah. with owners, you know different owners. That's that's what happens. Yeah. It was it was it was a shame to see that broken up. But back yeah. then, those were the rules. Yeah, that it it had to be separate ownership for radio and TV, mm-hmm. and now it's not. And I know when. Uh, for a time when Freedom Broadcasting, which owned RGB most of the time that I right. worked there, right. uh, for a while when GY was for sale, they were they were seriously considering making a bid to buy it back again. Wow! Never never came to fruition. I don't think, and mm. I don't think the folks in California who were managing Freedom gave it much consideration. Probably but, not. Yeah. But there was a, there was a fair amount of talk in the building to try and get that to happen. Yeah. No, those are the days that, uh, well, to me, that was the golden age of radio, only oh, yeah. because of my age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, the uh, the 60s and 70s, especially when you had, you know, uh, owners that owned AM, FM, and uh, NTV, that, that was that was your goal, if you could, you know. Sure. And absolutely. obviously a larger market, if you wanted to. Did you ever consider you know, parlaying what you had here into a larger market? Um, no. You didn't really look? No, I no? made the... You know, when we were owned by GE and then the subsequent owners, I mean, GE was the best pay sure, by sure. far for yeah. the time. The subsequent owners, uh, uh, Forstman Little at the time, which was an investment banking firm. That's mm. like working in hell. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and then Freedom Communications, which was more of a broadcast company. Nice. They yeah. were, you know, it was it was pretty pretty good. But, I, you know, I mean, I, I could make a, a very nice living. Yeah. And doing what I did and, and, you know, when you get a little higher profile, the pay goes up. So I, I was making, I was making pretty good money. And, you know, when I was a kid, we lived in Florida for just a little while around okay. winter, winter park. And there were a lot of military brats down there who, mm. who would, you know, a year or two at this place, a year or two at that place. And I, you know, and I just didn't like the thought of that. And, mm. and if you're raising a kid, I, I just wanted that stability of at least the same neighborhood yeah same place now yeah. what ended up happening is is the more high profile i got the more my name got known out in the community the more people judged my son by me uh, as yeah. opposed to him there you go so when he yeah. hit uh, uh college age the one thing he wanted to do was get, get out, out of here yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah but uh <laughs> you know and i can understand that sure um, sure he, he wanted to be his he wanted to be his own person and judged by him by what he did, and mm-hmm. so he went to college down on Staten Island, and, and uh, worked down that way for a while. And is now a research chemist out in in at a at a company in Boston. Okay, he, all right. I'm the first one in the family in the whole line who ever got into college unsuccessfully. <laughs> uh, my his mother uh, took a couple of college courses, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up with a PhD. Whoa. Nice. So yeah. it was, uh, you did we, something right. Well, <laughs> actually we, we always figured we're kind of passed through for very smart grandparents who didn't have a chance, <laughs> you know, because of wars in Europe and all of that other yeah, stuff. That's so, true. That's true. Um, yeah. So, but you know, somewhere along the line, he got the brain genes and, mm. and, uh, and he's doing very well and very happy. And, and I'm very pleased for him, even though I don't have my grandkids around the corner, they're three hours mm. away, mm. but, uh, 
I see him as much as possible yeah, without I being a pest. Saw your post taking them to the ball game the other day. Yeah, out at uh, the Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that's was, neat was when just, that can happen. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, those are just neat, very special moments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I had I had always said throughout my entire career that if it came a choice between job or family, job goes immediately. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's just the way I I, yeah. I looked at it, and Makes that's sense. why I never really. Had the had the real draw to try and move out to a bigger market or something mm-hmm. like that. I would, my first question would be, is this right for the family? Yeah, yeah. And I I always felt staying here was better for him. Yeah, it took it took me a, a bad marriage to figure that out. Okay, because I obviously uh, you know both of us made some mistakes. I had a starter wife, as I now call her, uh, but only for three years. But I was so intent on the radio career and where it could take me, or you know where I could mm-hmm. go with it, right. and um, that uh, that that didn't work out. When I met my wife of now uh, forty-four years, uh, who's downstairs not listening to any of this, uh, and probably will never listen to any of this because she didn't give a damn about being in, me being in radio or TV. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, she just mentioned immediately when we first started going out together. She's a twin. She says I've never lived away more than a few minutes away from my my twin sister Hmm. so just so you know if you're thinking of taking your radio career to bigger and better places i'm an albany girl and will die an albany girl and and i realized that was so much more important than any career in radio so when i did find myself looking for work in in 86 that's why i didn't concentrate exclusively on radio and tv as as you know you kind of know where all the bodies are buried at the other stations because all the friends you've got from other stations kind of tell you mm-hmm. you know well you really don't want to work here or you know did you hear what happened over there you know stuff like that and i knew all those stories and i said you know maybe there's something else she actually said it to me maybe there's something else you could do and that's what led to a career in marketing and sales a whole second career mm. yeah crazy yeah the nice part is that i got to do the radio and tv part-time you know on, on the side i know it you know, still you cool. still were able to yeah to yeah. fill that little yeah, that little spot in your soul. Exactly, exactly. Well, and and same goes to you because even though you left to full time work in two thousand seven, I still see your shiny face on TV now and again. <laughs> it's more the shiny yeah. top of my head, right? Yeah. It, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting at the Scotia Cinema a few years ago, and 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 I'm just you know not really paying a lot of attention to what's going on prior to the movie. I'm talking to the folks we're with and such, and all of a sudden I say. That's Jack Arnicky. You know, I look, I look up, and I go, "That's Jack." So you, you knew somebody at Scotia Cinema. They wanted you to do the. Um, um... That was a that was a fellow named Pete Russo. Okay, uh, who who was also retired sales and marketing and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he and his wife went to a movie a number of years ago at the Scotia Cinema, and before the movie started, there was nothing going on. Oh. So he approached the owner and he said, how about we do a little history of Scotia and Glenville and try and get some commercials in there? You make a little money, I make a little money. And There you go. And he approached me and he said, you want to voice these? And I said, sure. What the heck? So yeah. it's pro- probably pays a little less than what I ordinarily charge for voiceovers and narrations, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you're still I, doing some stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and you, you had to eventually connect with the dentistry. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> when you told me you were thinking of being a dentist, I'm thinking, wait a minute, do I talk about the latest thing I've seen him doing? <laughs> I don't want to skip the 45 years in here, you yeah. know? So, so how, again, yeah, that was you're, just, you're, a, just a, a marketing person called up and yeah. you said, to? we'd like you to do this. And it was a, it was a half hour infomercial. Right. And I, I guess at the time there were a ton of dentists doing half hour infomercials gotcha. and they would, they would actually hire this firm with this announcer out in, you know, East Overshoe someplace yeah, and yeah. they would go fly out, do the interview yeah, and then boom, uh, you know, send it, send it back. And then they yeah. do the infomercial. So I ended up doing a half hour infomercial and then they cuts little snippets out yeah. and, and uses those for 30 and, and it 30 second and one minute spots. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, and it works kind yeah. of keeps your mug there. They don't have residuals in this market, no, though, which they is a don't. shame. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I worked in public TV where uh, after I was let go from there in 2006, um, uh, somebody one day in 2008 said to me, hey, you look good on TV last night. They were showing something that had aired two years before with the membership <laughs> breaks in and I was doing a membership oh, you know, for, break for the evening and they were and of course I didn't get any extra pay for that uh not that I didn't get a nice severance from them when I when I did yeah. get let go but um yeah it's uh it's a crazy business up this way especially when when you first started in the business this market was in the top 50 Mm-hmm. I think we were like 45 when I first started in, in, at WSNY. It was like the 45th market in the country. Now it's, uh, I don't know, 75th, 80th or something. I, I, it, have, I have no, no idea. idea, but it, it just fell out of the top 50 mm-hmm. uh, over the years. And back when we started, there were only a half a dozen AMs and a half a dozen FMs and uh, three, three TVs TV if you don't, didn't include the UHF uh, you know, PBS yeah. station. And so what's changed in that time in our lifetimes is just remarkable. It's unbelievable. Well, even, even beforehand, I mean, when I was a kid and we got our first TV, a 19-inch Dumont in 1951, <laughs> there were two choices for television. Wow. On or off. <laughs> Because RGB was that it. was it, yeah. That yeah. was the only television station. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was back when uh, when they were doing uh, they, they were they were carrying everything. Uh, mm-hmm. They'd carry some NBC stuff. They'd carry some CBS stuff. They carried uh, Dumont, the mm-hmm. Dumont Television Network. And yep. then I remember the Short spots list. with a little boy and a little girl. It, it wasn't a spot. It was just a slide, a still okay. picture of a little boy and a little girl holding hands. And the line was, we're going steady with NBC. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you you know, remember that. Stupid little when, things they, you remember they became as a, an from NBC a kid. affiliate, yeah. yeah. And that's another crazy thing that happened in our lifetime, in this market especially, is the switchover that went between networks all of a sudden. Between mm-hmm. the three stations, they've all been an affiliate of all three major you know, networks over the years. I they just they, they switched. I don't think Six has ever been an ABC. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess but, you're uh, right. Yeah, but, but a lot, a lot happened in the in the seventies, and that was because we had monster numbers. Yes, yeah, uh, very big numbers. Ten had good, very good numbers. Thirteen at the time, WAST as it was known, had nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think they were the CBS affiliate. I, I don't, I, I don't uh, remember it's, for it's sure, but confusing to me these days yeah, too. But yeah, I, CBS I, really wanted us. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And and so they came and approached and uh, you know made a made a deal that mm-hmm. the general manager couldn't refuse and NBC couldn't match yeah. or didn't choose to match exactly so yeah that was yeah. it yeah crazy changes it's all you know it's all become yeah. such a 
such a bit. Well, the news game is now such a business too. And back when I started, it was a public affairs thing. And if you broke even, great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now it's. uh, now it's a profit center. And, and of course, a lot of that happened because of the the rules changes at the FCC. Sure. I sure. mean, when I first started um, in, in, in radio, you had to have a certain amount of public affairs every week, mm-hmm. certain amount of news uh, every day, and um, and you had to keep track of it all. And the you know they you know look at your files and say yeah you're not doing enough or you didn't do enough in this immediate area or whatever it might be. And it was crazy. Some of the stuff we did to fill time on public affairs and I, I remember interviewing the owner of morris the cat for a, a half an hour <laughs> as a public affairs show wow. because who could i you know i just he was in town you know and i said yeah well, let's, let's grab do him. it you know after the first three questions i'm thinking okay we only got 25 minutes left what yeah. the hell am i gonna do <laughs> you know? and the cat wasn't talking yeah no <laughs> So does he like friskies or <laughs> kibbles and bits? Exactly. But we would do all sorts of stuff just to uh, you know to, to fill that time and try to do it right. And a lot of that just went by the, the wayside in the 90s. Oh, and yeah. it's resulted in, in what we have today, which I don't know. I don't need your opinion on that. We, we, we hear opinions at lunch. We, yeah. won't, we won't put it on tape. Or Well, it ain't like it used to be, but then... Yeah. When I started at uh, RGB and uh, GY and RGB in 1972, the old timers were sitting there would look at me and say, mm. "Well, it ain't like it used to be." Yeah, well, that's true, <laughs> and, and it's it's with everything in life. It, yeah, it, it just changes. changes. It, it just changes. You can count on it. Well, this has been terrific. It's been I, a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I, we, we, again, we've spoken before, but uh, I learned a lot. I, I didn't think you were going to give me more than two or three call letters, so we're going to have to add all these up, <laughs> including the one on the wasp. I want to know, you know, that, that that's included. That was W A S P, obviously. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we'll count those up so at the end of the show here we can uh, put in here exactly how many uh, stations you uh, have graced the halls of over <laughs> the years. And again, thanks for sitting with me, Jack, and, and, and doing this. It's, uh, you're a joy to listen to and always always fun. Well, it's been a, it's been a fun for me, too, doing some reminiscing. It uh, makes me feel old a little bit, but, uh, but hey, what the heck. Keeps us young a little bit, too. Yep. You know? and yeah, it's nice, nice to know you made it this far. Yeah, and, yeah. And we're and still upright and functioning. Still upright and functioning, and occasionally somebody says, oh, I need him for my 30-second TV yeah. commercial voiceover. Every yeah. once in a while. Every once in a while. And I, as I say, I do just enough to keep me in gas money and greens fees. There you go. And, <laughs> and I do just enough to be able to visit that uh, little casino down on uh, Erie <laughs> Boulevard. But we won't go there. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time, Jack. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Radio Split Ranch. I have to admit, it's fun hanging out with Jack because unlike most of us radio veterans, people recognize him and will stop and talk with him when we're having lunch. Thanks, Jack. As we enter our second year of conversations at the Radio Split Ranch, we continue to add up all the various call letters our guests have on their resumes. Jack says he's worked at nine different stations between his radio and TV careers. That brings our running total from 13 guests to 145. As always, to end our visit this month, I've braved the spiders and cobwebs of the basement to find another great radio air check of fun that I've had on the radio as Chris Warren. Travel back in time with me to July 1st, 1989, when I was doing Saturday mornings on the Great 98 WTRY back when it was on AM. I chose this one because there's a mention of a live TV gig I was going to work that July 4th, well before I worked full-time for PBS affiliate WMHT. Enjoy! 
And join us again next month as we continue to document the history of broadcasting in the great Northeast. In the meantime, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. The jogging craze, which really gave the product a sales boost. I'm Ed Gullo. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic. Sunny, warm today, high 84, fair overnight, low 60, partly sunny, hazy, hot and humid tomorrow, and a high of 88. Get the swim trunks on. Monday and Tuesday, hazy sunshine, hot and humid, chance of a slight brief afternoon thunder shower both days, high around 90 right now. Cloudy skies, 56 degrees at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. <laughs> Station. And Buddy Holly's here to get us started. Well, baby, baby, Kerchunk, kerchunk. That's how my heart beats. I don't know about yours. Nine and a half minutes after six o'clock. How are you? It's Saturday morning. You've got Chris Warren hanging from your earlobe till ten o'clock this morning. Glad to have you about. Here's Peter, Paul, and Mary going back into the 60s for you. You'll find Super Oldies 24 hours a day on 98 WTRY, the oldies station, 615, a Saturday morning with Chris, 56 degrees and cloudiness now as we head toward 84. The oldies station, 98 WTRY, 618, a Saturday morning, glad to have you along, we're just playing the hits of yesterday, here's Tommy James from 1971, his biggest hit, Drank in the Line. On the oldie station, 98 WTRY. Making a the original oldie station, 98 WTRY. I feel that way some Saturday mornings, too. Dragging a line, Tommy James and the, uh, well, Tommy James on his own, I should say. Sean Dells weren't with him on that one. 20 and a half after 6 o'clock, Saturday morning with Chris. And, uh, yeah, cloudy outside right now, but they say a sunny and warm day. Expected high around 84. We've got Bob Kovacic's full weather forecast coming up in just a little bit. Don't go away. Also have at 98 WTRY, the Fender Oldies Club at the Turf, inviting you to our first annual summertime swimsuit competition and party. Be more fun if it was wintertime, I'm sure. It happens Friday night, July 7th. That's next Friday night with a live on-the-air WTRY oldies party at, at uh, 8 o'clock. And for those of you who have been working out all winter, here's your chance to show off. Our swimsuit competition is open to all men and women over 21 years of age. All you have to do is stop by, get set to put on your swimsuit, and be in the competition. First prize for both male and female categories will be a luxury room with jacuzzi, a champagne gift box, and dinner at the turf. And there's going to be runner-up prizes, too. So put on that swimsuit and be at Fender's Friday night. 7th. That's this coming Friday. Our live broadcast begins at 8 and the swimsuit competition starts at 11 p.m. at Fender's Oldies Club at the Holiday Inn Turf. Wolf Road from the Oldie Station 98 WTRY. Standing not in the pink and blue container. Hey, that's what I come into. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic. I'm glad I got the pool open. We have some cloudy skies now starting out Saturday a little darker than we expected. 56 degrees at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The Oldie Station WTRY. Station 98 WTRY Beach Boys. Don't forget their big three-hour spotlight Monday night at 9 right here on the oldie station. Beyond the sea. Somewhere by myself. The 
original oldie station, 98 WTRY, the great song stylist of the 60s. It's uh, the late Bobby Darren, Beyond the Sea, one of nine top ten hits he had from the late 50s into the uh, oh late 60s, actually. He was a good decade of music there, and a lot of good hits, too. 25, now shy of 7 o'clock. It's a Saturday morning, and you've got Chris. We're hanging from your earlobe till 10 o'clock this morning. Glad to have you here at the beginning of your long holiday weekend. Hope you've got Monday off. I don't, myself. I'll be working. In fact, I'm going to be working Tuesday, too. Something to look forward to if uh, you, know, you want to make some funny faces at your TV screen. Uh, yours truly co-hosting the uh, big July 4th parade from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. We'll be live on Channel 17 locally. That's uh, PBS, WMHT, so uh, check that out. We'll have some fun there. And that's, uh, that's one of the biggest July 4th parades in the country, probably the world, when you stop and think about it, since we're the only ones that celebrate the 4th of July. Anyway, we are going to have some fun. 106 uh, units in this parade starting at 10 o'clock on uh, Tuesday morning, July 4th. So if you're hanging around, waiting to get in the pool, that sort of thing, um, we hope you'll tune us in. We'll have some fun. All right, good deal. Saturday morning with Chris. Other things going on this weekend, July 4th weekend, of course, right here at 98 WTRY. We mentioned the Beach Boys Spotlight. That's Monday night at 9. Tuesday, the 4th of July at 6, we present Born in the USA, The Roots. That's four hours of early rock era hits. And after that, at 10 o'clock on, uh, that's July 4th evening, yes, a summertime oldie special starting at 10. We hope you'll have a fun and safe 4th of July weekend with all of us here at 98 WTRY, the original oldie station. If you can attend. The Capital District's hit oldies are on 98 WTRY, the oldie station. 15 shy of 7 o'clock. There's the sunshine. Clouds are scatting away as we head toward a sunny, warm high of 84 today. According to Bob Kabachik, his full forecast coming up after Elvis. 7. The oldie station, 98 WTRY. 1969 was the year for Kentucky rain. Elvis... 11 and a half before 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning with Chris just standing here scratching my 20,000 mosquito bites. Have you tried to stay outside after 7 o'clock at night? It's ridiculous. I haven't itched this much since I met that good-looking blonde in 10th grade history class. I'm serious. I mean, and they are big. I don't let my kids go out after 7 o'clock. I'm afraid they're going to carry them away. I mean... Route 7, Pono, Vermont. I can't do it as fast as he can. I'm sorry. According to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kavad. Some clouds, some sun, 58 degrees at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. Shula Clark, I know a place. Roy Orbison right here from 1963. Mm, well, I got a woman mean as she can be. Service of WTRY for the Capital District. Chris Warren. WTRY, the old station. Good morning, 707 a time. Natural, naturally enough, Chris is on the radio. Looking back to 1968, the United States, Britain, the Soviet Union, and 58 other nations signed the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, which is big words for use your head, dummy. Here are the toys. Station 98 WTRY. You didn't have to be so nice. You could have taken lessons from the Supreme Court. 12 minutes after 7 o'clock, a Saturday morning, some sunshine sneaking through the clouds, and we are expecting a high around 84 today. And we'll have Bob Kavachik's weekend weather forecast for the holiday coming up again in a few minutes. Also, got this hour, Little Anthony and the Imperials, the Everly Brothers, the Yardbirds, Freddie Cannon, and coming up next, Dave Clark 5 at 98 WTRY. Where later on this hour, you should be listening. Your cue will be coming up to call in and win yourself a copy of the Cruisin' series. A History of Rock and Roll Radio on LP, and your chance uh, to be a winner this holiday weekend is coming up in just a few minutes. So be listening for the sound, and we'll tell you what call to be, and you could be a winner at 98 WTRY. If you can attend, I love you. Mike Smith and the Dave Clark 
25, 1964. Because 17 minutes after 7 o'clock at 98 WTRY, where memories are made 24 hours a day. Here are the Kalen twins. When? When? Station 98 WTRY hurts so bad. I probably could loosen the belt another notch, wouldn't be as bad. 22 minutes after 7 o'clock, a Saturday morning with Chris. Still waiting for a lot of sunshine. We're supposed to get some today. Right now it's cloudy and we're heading toward 84. Bob Kavachik's weekend weather forecast is coming up next at 98 WTRY. Got some special things going on, of course, all weekend long, including this Sunday morning, that's tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, the part one of a 10 part series hosted by Dick Bartley called The Soul of the 60s. This week's show will feature of the top soul artists from the year 1960, and that's, of course, Dick, Bart- uh, Dick Bartley's part in it. It's called Soul of the 60s. Happens every Sunday morning at 9, starting tomorrow morning, just before Cruising America with Cousin Brucey, and it's only here on the Oldie Station 98 WTRY. The WTRY weather watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Cavani. Right now we have 61 degrees and cloudy skies at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The are on 98 WTRY. Station 98 WTRY. Two away from Lutini News at 7:30, 7:28 right now, of course. With the Gentries, we're gonna keep on dancing together. Or the Capital District. Lou, every once in a while, you don't get a chance to look back in history since you're doing the latest in news. You know, the, the very, very recent history. Sometimes I look back to the War of 1812. Do, do you? Okay, and feature <laughs> something on your newscast. Good. Well, I'm looking back right now on this date in history in 1943. This is something that affects every person listening at this moment, unless you're really rich. Pay-as-you-go income tax withholding began for American wage and salary earners on this date in 1943, which resulted in the anemic-looking paychecks that we've all come to know and love. <laughs> the LD Station, 98 WTRY with Reverend Al Sharpton's theme song. He's so fine. <laughs> he, that's what he told me. 21 and a half before 7 o'clock. It is a Saturday morning at 98 WTRY, where the ninth caller right now is going to win a copy of the Cruisin' Series, a history of rock and roll radio on LP, that's Long Play Record, courtesy of Increase Records. That's the ninth caller right now, 476-WTRY. Dial carefully, don't wake up the disc jockey, and good luck as we listen to the Flamingos. Bye-bye, love. Everly Brothers at 98 WTRY, the radio station for oldies, news, and weather. Set your radio for 98 WTRY, and it's good that you do, because then you can get on the radio. 98 WTRY. Hi, what's your first name? Paula. And Paula, where are you calling from? Albany. And Paula, do you know what's just happened? You are caller number nine. Oh, great. Hey, congratulations. You're the ninth caller, and you've just won a copy of the Cruisin' Series, A History of Rock and Roll Radio on LP. Sound like fun? Yes. You can have some good parties with that. I have to get some more information from you, so hang on just a second, Paula, and we hope you're going to have a great Fourth of July weekend. Are you Are you uh, planning some big parties this weekend? Oh, just one big one. Just one big one that's going to last all weekend long, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great one, and tell me, Paula, what radio station specializes in the oldies? WTRY. One, two, three. WTRY makes the week go fast, makes the weekend last and last. Great 98. 
Philly Station, 98 WTRY. Nothing like a great Beatles song on a summer morning. I just love it. That's Please Please Me, of course, at 10 and a half before 8 o'clock. Before 8 o'clock, it's Chris, and after 8 o'clock, it's Chris. Actually, till 10 o'clock this morning, I'll be Chris. Then I change my name, and I go back to my mild-mannered life. 61 degrees on the outside, cloudy skies still, and we're looking for a sunny, warm one of 84 today. Got the forecast coming up from Bob Kovacic in just a few moments. I know you're planning on doing some stuff this weekend with the family. Get out, enjoy. Uh, so much going on. We hope you'll come on down and join us. 98 WTRY, Tuesday, July 4th. Lots of fun and festivities at the Empire State Plaza. That begins at 3 o'clock. There'll be entertainment, live music, clowns, uh, spe- and that's not the WTRY personalities. And a spectacular fireworks display, of course, that evening at 9.15. We're going to be there throughout. We hope you'll come celebrate with 98 WTRY, your favorite oldie station. The WTRY weather. It's right now 61 degrees and cloudy at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. Freddie Boom Boom Cannon on the oldie station 98 WTRY with his Tallahassee Lassie. Well, he's not Mr. Tambourine Man, but he does a heck of a newscast. And he's next. Lou Titty News, two from now. Here are the birds to get us there. For the Capital District. Chris Warren. Station. Good morning and a happy holiday weekend to you. Seven minutes after 8 o'clock. I'm Chris Warren, standing here in my bathing suit, just waiting for the sunshine and the temperatures to rise. We're going to get hotter now with the four tops. I can't help myself. Wintertime, 1966, the second of two number one songs that the Monkees debuted with. I'm a believer. How are you on this Saturday? Are you believing? Are you believing the sun's going to come out? It's starting to happen already. Clouds will drift away. We'll get up to 84 today, according to Bob Kovacic. He has the uh, full weekend weather forecast for you. Actually, I have his forecast for you. Coming up in another few minutes. Hang in there. 61 now on the outside. Coming up this hour, some great stuff. Simon and Garfunkel, Sam Cook got some Beatles music to throw in, and we'll uh, try to squeeze in some Freddie and the Dreamers, too. Freddie would appreciate that. At 98 WTROI, where every week... We've got an oldies party for you. Join John Gabriel this Wednesday night from 8 to 11 at our WTRY Fender Bender Oldies Party. You'll have all your favorite dancing oldies, of course. 50s, 60s, and early 70s stuff. Plus, you can stop by and take a chance at winning dinner for two at the Turf House Grill. It's a date, so don't be late. I wish I'd written that. For our own WTRY Fender Bender Oldies Party, Wednesday night, 8 to 11. Fender's Oldies Club, that's inside the Holiday and Turf on Wolf Road in Colony. I picked up the flyers. Nobody plays more oldies than 98 WTRY. When she kissed me. Dion on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. Lovers who wonder. Naughty, naughty. 20 and a half minutes after 8 o'clock. 8.20 and a half. And some sunshine starting up now. 84 we're headed for today. Full Bob Kovacic weather forecast is coming up next. If you're uh, looking for some things to do, I know what's going to happen. Now, July 4th, you're going to you're thinking you're going to get an early start on the day, right? You're going to get out there and then, you know, reserve your picnic table somewhere. Well, you're probably just going to hang around the house and have a good time there because that's, that's even safer and more fun. And if you're going to be doing that, uh, watch for yours truly, who will not be doing that. No, yours truly is going over to Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and we'll be on live from 10 till noon on Tuesday, July 4th, for the big parade over there. That's It's one of the biggest July 4th parades in the country, and so we're going to broad, uh, broadcast it live, and it should be fun. On Channel 17, WMHT, we hope you'll be watching for it. I'm going to be co-hosting with uh, some guy from another radio station, and I'm, I, you know, we, we try not to mention people like that since he's on another radio station, but we're going to have some fun anyway. 
Uh, Don Weeks or something is his name. Ladies and gentlemen. Mary Kitchen, simply perfect hash from Hormel. Oh, excuse me, the WTRY, that's now, I guess it is what it says there. When you listen very carefully, you don't step on other people's words. The WTRY weather now, some sunshine, some clouds, 65 degrees at WeatherWatch 98. 98 WTRY. WTRY for this coming Wednesday. Be sure to join John Gabriel for Solid Gold Hump Day Arts. That's our weekly all-request oldies show. Be ready to call in, request your favorite oldie from the early top 40 rock and roll era. And on the Hump Day spotlight this week, Chuck Berry. Solid Gold Hump Day and the all-request oldies with John Gabriel begins Wednesday morning at 10 on the oldie station 98 WTRY. Lou Tinney has a news update next at 8.30 and yours truly Chris Warren back till 10 this morning right now. Gonna check my temperature. Here's Keith, 98.6. For the Capital District. Chris Warren, WTRY, the oldie station. Now, 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 don't run away. Hang in there. Got some more coming at you. Here's Del Shannon on the oldie station, TRY. Michelle, Beatles, on the original oldie station, 98 WTRY. 65 degrees and sunshine heading toward a sunny, warm 84 today, says Bob Kovacic. Got his full weather forecast coming up in just a little bit. And that's the way the whole weekend looks. Hazy, hot, and humid, and uh, just perfect for swimming. And what a wonderful world it will be all weekend long. Here's Herman's Hermits. Yesterday's greatest songs are on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. 16 shy of 9 o'clock with Chris and the main ingredient. Everybody plays the fool. The original oldie station, 98 WTRY. Everybody plays the fool one time or another, I guess. 13 shy of 9 o'clock, Saturday morning with Chris hanging from your lobe until, uh, what time will we be here? Till 10 o'clock this morning. We do this every Saturday morning from 6 till 10 because I don't like to do the lawn that early. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff going on this weekend, not only here at WTRY, but uh, throughout the Northeast. Of course, it's a big holiday weekend. The film Annie is playing at the New York State Empire, uh, the Empire State Museum. Yes, that's what it's called in Albany. 1 and 3 p.m. today. Uh, child is just a dollar, two dollars for adults. I'll also understand that uh, Proctor's this weekend is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think the same price is two and, and one dollar, so that should be fun. Check the listings in your paper for that one. Of course, a lot of fireworks going on this weekend. You want to be at Riverfront Park in uh, Troy with WTRY's Captain Bob O'Neill. He'll be broadcasting live tomorrow, the 4th of July, from 1 till 10 p.m. Is he going to really be there from 1 in the afternoon till 10 o'clock at night? Boy, I'm glad I'm in this business just part-time. There will be crafts, food, and entertainment. Beatlemania hits the band shell at 6.30. There'll be fireworks at dusk. You can celebrate the 4th in Troy tomorrow night, and it'll, of course, be live right here on 98 WTRY. Check it out. And if uh, we're going to look ahead a little bit here. This coming Friday night at the Turf Inn, first annual summertime swimsuit competition and party. It happens Friday night, July 7th, live on WTRY. Big oldies party starts at 8 o'clock. For those of you that are working out all winter, here's your chance to show it off. Our swimsuit competition open to all men and women over 21. All you have to do is stop by, get in your swimsuit, be in the competition. You could win both male and female top prizes, a luxury room at the turf with jacuzzi, champagne gift box, and dinner, of course, all at the turf. And there's going to be runner-up prizes, too. So join us, put that swimsuit on, have a good time, Friday at Fenders. July 7th, live broadcast begins at 8, and the swimsuit competition starts at 11 Fenders Oldies Club at the Holiday Inn Turf. Wolf Road from the Oldie Station 90 WTRY. Pays to discover the car that pays. 
pays you back. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast. According around 90 right now. Sunshine 65 at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. Capital District. Chris Warren. WTRY, the station. Five and a half after nine, let's check out this date in history. This date, 1847, the first national adhesive postage stamps in the U.S. were issued. Before that, they had to use cold oatmeal to stick those stamps on. Hey, that stuff works. You ever tried to get up that a cereal bowl afterwards? Don't talk back. Hey, I can almost do that on Saturday mornings. Almost. This is, the, this is as deep as the voice gets. Saturday mornings, 10 minutes after 9 o'clock. And, of course, the coaster's yakety-yak going back to 58. My 10-year-old knows all the words to that song. How are you this Saturday morning? Got a good one going. This hour especially, Zombies, Everly, uh, Everly Brothers, he spit out. Uh, Billy Joel, Tommy James, Mamas and Papas, and more. And later on this hour, you should be listening for your cue to call in and win yourself a copy of the Cruisin' Series. It's a history of rock and roll radio on LP and your chance to win this holiday weekend. And is coming up in minutes at 98 WTRY. WTRY, the Capital District's oldie station, 15 and a half after 9 o'clock. Saturday morning with Chris and the Zombies. Three words of advice. Tell her no. The oldie station, 98 WTRY. Walk right back. Uh, you can try running backwards, but it probably, you know, trip over your feet like I do. 1961, the year for the Everly Brothers. Phil and Don, 20 minutes after 9, 920, a Saturday morning at 98 WTRY, where we're getting it ready for Monday, because Monday at noon, John Gabriel counts down the top 10 hits for July 3rd, 1969. Good year. It's our WTRY Hall of Fame, and if you're from the high school class that graduated in 69, be listening for your chance to win a one-year video membership to Hippos in Stuyvesant Plaza and be qualified for the weekly grand prize. It's the Super Shop and Save Oldies Library. That's the grand prize, featuring over 98 hits on four cassettes, and it's all because of the WTRY Hall of Fame and John Gabriel, of course. Weekdays on the lunch hour from the Oldie Station, 98 WTRY. I picked up the flyers from Ormel. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast right now, 65 and sunshine at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The greatest thing on the Service of WTRY for the Capital District. Chris Warren. Good morning, 935. Another 25 minutes of Chris hanging from your earlobe till 10 o'clock this morning. Nice and sunny outside. I go out and open up the car windows or I'll be able to stand it when I have to leave here at 10. And, of course, Mike Edwards coming in a little after 10 o'clock this morning. Mike tried something new last night. Actually slept before his show. So I don't know what to expect, but I hope you'll stick around for it. Here's Billy Joel, story of the piano man. The original oldie station, 98 WTRY. 1970, what year was that? 74? Okay. Piano man, Billy Joel. 19 shy of 10 o'clock with Chris. At 98 WTRY, where the ninth caller right now wins a copy of the Cruisin' Series, a history of rock and roll radio on LP. Courtesy of Increase Records, that's the ninth caller right now, 476-WTRY. Dial carefully, because you don't want to wake anybody up at this hour of the morning. And good luck. 476-WTRY. Call number nine to be a winner. Here's Ian Whitcomb. Listen for the ashtray falling off the piano. They say that somewhere in this song it does that. I, yeah. 
Put the headphones on. Listen tight. You turned me on. Come on now. The oldie station with the best of the 50s, 60s, and 70s on 98 WTRY. And let's go to the telephone. What you say? WTRY. Hi. Hi. What's your first name? Nancy. And Nancy, where are you calling from? Rensselaer. How's everything in Rensselaer this morning? Just fine. Well, that's good. You're call number nine, Nancy. Oh, good. How about that? Great. You've just won yourself a copy of the Cruisin' Series, a history of rock and roll radio on album, and I, I know you're going to enjoy that. You got plans for this July 4th weekend, Nance? Not many. Not many. Nope. Okay. Well, enjoy it, whatever you do, and hang on the phone a second. Got to get some more information from you. What radio station, Nancy, plays your special oldies? WTRY. Kiss me. The oldie station, 98 WTRY. Good one from the casinos, 1967. Then you can tell me goodbye. Ten and a half before ten o'clock with Chris. Got a good one coming. Yes, a weekend that you're going to enjoy. Going out on the patio, is that where we're going, uh, Mr. Mike, here in just a few minutes? You have to get up now and talk well, we'll into the microphone. Last time too. Yes. Yeah, we're going to the patio in a little while. All right, sounds good. Good. You're going to remind the everybody that they have... down here right now. I don't oh, know what yeah. they're expecting this early in the morning. Yeah. Brunch you can get some, yeah, some brunch. You can get some sunshine up there, too. It's going to oh, be fun. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, good for that. Island, Roxanne, have the swimsuit time. <laughs> <laughs> I love this theater of the mind. I really do. Anyway, have a good time doing that. And, of course, if you get a chance on Tuesday morning from uh, 10 till noon, yours truly will be on Channel 17 hosting, uh, co-hosting, I should say, the parade from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I guess we're going to be on in different parts of the country at different times and all that good stuff. Going to be up on the satellite. But uh, I'll be with my feet firmly planted on the ground over in Pittsfield, Mass. If uh, Hey, say hi if we see you over there. If not, take a chance and tune us in, and maybe I won't break your TV set. Hello, friends. It's just ten ninety nine a gallon. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast. Right now, 67 and sunny at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. Station 98 WTRY say have a happy and safe holiday weekend, okay? Enjoy yourself, but don't drink and drive. And yeah, just use your head and have a good time. And we'll catch you back here next Saturday morning, bright and early at 6 o'clock. I don't need you here in bits and pieces. Now I want you here all in one piece. Lutini has news next. Mike's up on the patio after that. Have a good one.